0: This is The Every Lawyer, presented by the Canadian Bar
1: Association. Welcome to The Every Lawyer, a Canadian Bar Association podcast. I'm your host, Marlise Silver-Sweeney. Crossing the border from Canada to the United States and back, it's annoying at the best of times. But we're not here to commiserate about the long lineups or the brusque officials. Today on the Every Lawyer, we're exploring how crossing the border can actually jeopardize your solicitor client privilege and just what you can do about it. Cindy Tajem Triniak knows exactly how to protect your confidential information from customs officials. She founded Lex Sage, a boutique international trade law and sales tax firm in Ontario. She advises clients on all aspects of international and customs law, including nexus confiscation appeals, customs duties, economic sanctions and trade restrictions. But today, she's going to counsel us on just what to do when a customs officer asks us to do something that would breach our own duty of confidentiality. Cindy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. My first question for you has a little bit of uh, back information, but U.S. Customs and border protection officials, have legal authority to search property when you enter the states. And we have a lot of information about that on the border services toolkit that's on the CBA website. But in practice, it means that they can ask for a password for any electronic device and not just look at what's on it, but copy files and analyze data. And for lawyers, this is, you know, huge alarm bells are going off when we hear this. It sounds really scary. First and foremost, what should lawyers be doing to protect themselves and probably more importantly, there's client information in this situation.
0: Yes, most lawyers if they're traveling with a laptop or an
1: iPhone or a
0: smartphone, they have emails from clients, they have documents from clients, and you know, if it's your work computer, you may have your whole filing cabinet and even all your personal information on your computer. Totally. So, We carry everything with us on our computers. We're so used to just storing data nowadays. You'd never pack this much information in a suitcase. But you have no problem crossing the border with a device that has a lot of stored information. And you're absolutely right. The U.S. customs officials and even the Canadian customs officials can look at that data. So the, the best thing to do is to not travel with your work laptop. I actually have a laptop that is just for the purposes of travel. It doesn't have my emails on it. It doesn't have Outlook. I go through um, the web to get my emails, and it doesn't have documents on it. And when I go away on a trip, I will have a little file folder marked Solicitor Client Privilege where I put the documents that I need just for that trip, and then I move those documents to back to the client file when I get back. So, there aren't okay. other documents for the, the border officials to look at.
1: Okay, so that's really good advice. So having a separate laptop or tablet, if possible, for traveling internationally. Is it, and I I know we're just talking about the US and Canada um, customs officials, are there, just out of curiosity right now, are there any other countries where lawyers need to be particularly, I mean, that's a long list, but anything that comes to mind where lawyers need to as well be particularly cautious?
0: Any country, um, they can look at your laptops and your documents, your luggage when you arrive. They're allowed to examine um, goods and persons. So no matter where you go, you should only bring a clean laptop with you. And then you don't have to worry about someone looking at the documents. You don't have to worry about the customs officers asking you to turn, you know, give them the password and turn on your laptop because nothing's there for them to see. There's no client confidential information for them to review or to copy. Right.
1: Okay. So excellent advice. I hope that all of our listeners actually take you up on that and have this clean um, device when they travel. But let's say they don't. Can you walk us through what we should be doing and saying In this situation where we are traveling with um, a work computer or smartphone that has um, privilege information on it and the border guard wants it or wants to see it
0: sure and it's also um, before we go on to that question is also um the usb keys that are in the bottom of your briefcase or your Oh, right those devices as well Um, And they can look at your contact information as well. So if you've got um, your day planner in your uh, briefcase, they can look through that and copy that as well. So you really have to do your own forensic of what it is you're bringing with you. And there's often a lot of information on those USB keys. And, you know, I used to have like six or seven of them at the bottom of my bag and I clear out my, my backpack before I travel. So I just wanted to give you that as well.
1: You know what? Thank you so much. I certainly have a couple of USB keys floating around in probably every purse that I own. So I think that's probably something that a lot of us would forget about, but a really salient piece of um, advice. And then
0: back to your question, when a border officer says, you know what, I'd like to look at your laptop today, you say, oh, by the way. I, I'm, a, I'm a lawyer. I'm called to the bar in the province of Ontario or the province of British Columbia. If you've got a card with you um, for, you know, appearing in court, a, a Lost Society of Ontario card, mm-hmm. um, you show that to the border officer. If you don't have uh, a card, you might, you might have your business card with you. Right. So you show, you show the business card. And then you can explain to them that the, the device that I have with me has client confidential information. And if if you had brought a clean laptop and it's in a file folder marked solicitor client privilege. You say, it's the folder marked solicitor client privilege. I separate those documents. But if you're bringing your work computer with everything on it, you're going to have things stored all over the place. Right. And, and um, you're not going to be able to isolate what's subject to solicitor, solicitor client privilege. You can ask them, what's the purpose of the search? Can I, can I help you with that? Um, for example, if you're coming back into Canada as a better example the CBSA might want to see whether or not you've purchased some of the clothing that you're bringing across um, online and whether or not you have any receipts.
1: Okay. You can
0: say, oh, you, you know, you can say you, there are no receipts in my email for those. Let me give them to you. I have them in my wallet. Mm-hmm. So you find out what the purpose of the search is and then see if you can help the CBSA officer but, or USCBP officer or other customs officer if it but sometimes that won't work sometimes you they they just want to go on a fishing expedition and it may very well be they know you act for a certain person and they want to get your clients documents and they're going to be certain you know they've got a lookout for you Mm -hmm. and in, in that case you really have to try and stop them and say listen I can't give you the password because it's subject to solicitor client privilege is there a supervisor that we can talk to that we can work out the process so that a judge can look at What's on my laptop? They can understand what you're looking for, and we can see um, and we can um, address this in the proper forum.
1: Okay. And so, not that I like to talk about worst case scenario, but can we just go there for a minute? So, you're coming back into Canada, Uh, the CBSA wants your laptop wants the passwords, you have privilege information there that isn't really sorted properly, and they say, you know, we don't care that you're a lawyer, we need this anyway, and you don't want to give it to them because you really don't, you can't breach privilege, what happens?
0: The worst case scenario is what you've asked for is the CBSA officer will charge you with obstruction under Section 153 of the Customs Act. Mm -hmm. And um, you will then have a criminal charge registered against you. And you've got to deal with that. Uh, So that's the worst case scenario. Right. Next worst case scenario is that they've seized your laptop that you need for business purposes. Or they seize your phone, which you need for business purposes. Mm -hmm. And they send it off to forensics uh, because you won't give them the password. Okay. Next, Next worst case scenario is you give them the password password and they access your client confidential information, in which case you're going to have to notify all of your clients mm-hmm. um, and you're going to have to notify um, the, the law society or professional agency that uh, relates to where you're called to the bar.
1: Right. So I don't want to be an alarmist, but it sounds like there's pretty severe consequences if you are traveling with your work phone or laptop um, that hasn't been cleaned and sorted appropriately.
0: There, there is very extreme uh, consequences. And I know people who had their laptops seized and it takes months to years to get that laptop back. So you end up having to go and get a brand new laptop so that you can actually communicate with clients. Right. But you don't, if you store things locally on your computer, you don't have access to any of that information. So you can potentially be negligent for not being able to access a document that you're supposed to access. So again, I go back to the easiest way to avoid the headaches is to travel with a clean laptop. You buy a, a, you know, a $1,000 laptop um, and you just use that for traveling. You make sure that you uh, only put documents that you need in a file labeled Solicitor Client Privilege. You take those documents and put them back in their proper place, just like you would if you had taken a briefcase across the border.
1: Right. Okay. Well, that's some excellent advice. And this is actually going to show a little bit of my lack of understanding of cloud and some of the um, more updated legal software. But if you're traveling with just that you know, $1,000 kind of cheap laptop and have a few documents stored locally, but it has access... Um, to other information through the cloud if you're using different types of legal software. Does the CBSA have authority to ask for the passwords for, you know, your entire server? They do not. So in, in the olden days before computers, mm-hmm. um, they could search your luggage and they can
0: only search what you had in your luggage. And so we called that the suitcase rule. Okay. So your computer is like a suitcase, they can only search what's downloaded and available on your laptop. They're not allowed to um, connect your laptop to the CBSA Wi-Fi and then go searching around. The problem that you've got if you store information in the cloud and uh, is that through Outlook and a whole host of um, softwares, you can go in and search for, you know, what are the passwords? And Mm -hmm. they're actually able to, even though they're not allowed to, what, you're, what the CBSA is allowed to do and what they do do, sometimes they're two totally different things. And so sometimes okay. the CBSA officer does not know where the line is or mm-hmm. they're willing to cross the line because they don't think you're going to find out about it. Okay. And, and they might just click on um, you know, your computer and your um, little buttons and get into information that is stored uh, remotely.
1: Okay. And do we have recourse? And like, Are we sitting there watching them do this or are we in a completely separate room and have no um, idea if this is happening?
0: They're usually in a separate room when they're looking at your laptop. So they take your laptop and they go. And sometimes they actually take your laptop, take the password, and then they send it off to a forensic officer in Ottawa to search your computer even further. Wow. So... So it, it's not, you know, there are times where they'll look at something in front of you, but more often you can't see what they're doing and you don't know what they've done when your computer comes back to you.
1: Okay. So for, an ex- so for safety reasons, when we are traveling with just a computer that we've purchased solely for work, would it be safe to say we shouldn't have access on it to uh, the rest of our storage? You can still have access to it, but you can have it set up
0: so that you always have to type in the password to the cloud storage. Okay. So um, the CBSA can't access, and I don't have a Word document on that uh, travel computer with all of my passwords on it. And some, right. people, some people create a running list of all their passwords because you can remember all of them.
1: Right. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. No. But... And, and
0: so, make sure that you don't have um, a document on your computer um, for your passwords. The ones that you you need for your trip, memorize them, mm-hmm. and uh, make sure that it's set up on your computer so that you access everything um, using your own password. And they can't ask you for a password to uh, go into the cloud. And they're okay. they're actually not. Su- you're. Computer, your iPhone, your smart device is actually supposed to be in airplane mode at the time of the search, according to the CBSA policy. However, that being said, many CBSA officers don't know what's in the CBSA policy. And I only learned what was in the CBSA policy because I testified for the Canadian Bar Association before the EHTI committee. Mm
1: -hmm. And
0: the witness before me, who was the vice president of the CBSA, Um, made it clear that that is the rule.
1: Oh, okay. So the rule is it has to be on airplane mode. And so let's say you know for some reason that they're searching it that not on airplane mode. Do you have much recourse at that moment or is it only in retrospect that you can do anything about that?
0: It's usually in retrospect, but here's the problem for most lawyers and clients that I've run into is as soon as the plane lands, they turn their iPhone and their smartphone into accessible mode because mm. they download their emails and they 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 start looking at the the uh, iPhone. Right. And so at the time they're going through customs, it actually is not in airplane mode. So if you can wait to access your emails and your information until after you clear customs and get out Mm -hmm. the door, then you won't run into the problem in the first place. If it's not in airplane mode and then you get your phone back and all of a sudden it's in airplane, sorry, if it's in airplane mode and you all of a sudden get your uh, smart device back and there are a whole bunch of new emails and it shows that uh, it's connected to the web, you know they did it.
1: Right. Okay. So, another really um, important piece of advice if you are traveling with your work um, gear, which you shouldn't be, is to leave it in airplane mode until you exit customs.
0: That would be the best scenario. And even with iPhones, you're actually able to turn off uh, Outlook accounts, so email accounts, Mm -hmm. so that you would have to turn the accounts back on and access the internet and download all of your old emails again uh, so you can actually limit what can be viewed uh, if they just turn on your phone and look at the phone okay without, without turning the why you know the, it from airplane mode
1: right okay because it's one thing to buy a work computer um, you know a cheaper work computer and store some files but it's another thing to have you know a lot of people don't have separate phones for work and for leisure and so you know it might actually be, quite expensive um, and quite a bit of work to have those two separate phones. So it's good to know that there are a few things we can do to protect our own phones.
0: Yes, there are. And you just have to know your device and how to turn off certain accounts. Keep your personal account, you know, your non-work account active so that mm-hmm. you can see those emails. And, and when you buy uh, goods on vacation, Mm -hmm. Have the um, the receipts sent to your personal email. So if the CBSA wants to see a receipt and you want to demonstrate how much something cost, you'll be able to access that information without accessing all of your client uh, emails.
1: Right. So getting to know your device, understanding how to turn certain functionalities off and really being um, cognizant to be using your personal email when doing any type of shopping or anything that they might want to or actually have authority to look at.
0: Yes, because that's the the most common reason that they want to look at your, your, your smart device is they want to see what you purchased and whether or not you've declared everything and whether or not you've undervalued something. It would be a rare circumstance that they're actually stopping a lawyer in order to access client documents that they've got a flag on your file. Most often it is personal related to you, not related to your work. And so um, you can manage that process by having a personal email. And whenever you buy on eBay, when you buy on Amazon, when you buy at a store and get receipts sent to you, that always gets sent to your personal because it isn't work related.
1: Right. OK, so it's nice to hear, actually, that it's rare we're not going to have red flags in us, depending on who our clients are and the CBSA trying to confiscate privileged documents. It's good to hear that it's mainly for our shopping.
0: That's the main reason that they would be looking at a uh, a, a smartphone or an iPhone. Okay. But they do, there are times and there have been cases where they do want to look at what's on your computer uh, for other reasons. But that's the primary reason that they're actually asking to conduct an examination of your phone.
1: So I am a notorious Nexus traveler. I will not travel with anyone unless they have nexus and in fact i even made my now husband but at the time boyfriend get nexus as soon as we started dating it's really important to me does this apply to us if we've been and for people that don't know what nexus is they should find out it's great but and i'm sure you can explain it better than i can cindy but you've been pre-screened you're a trusted traveler uh Does everything that we just talked about, does this apply to us in this situation when we're traveling with Nexus through the Nexus lanes and protocol?
0: Yes, absolutely. And Nexus is amazing because not only does it allow you to use the short lineups at the airport when you're traveling abroad, it also allows you to use a Nexus lane for domestic travel as well. When you're in the United States, it gives you pre-checks so you get in the shorter lanes and less scrutiny at uh, the airports, but when it comes to customs and you're you're, uh, having your interaction with the CBSA or U.S. Customs and Border Protection, Nexus still applies, and if you run into difficulties and refuse to give your password to Mm. your computer or your iPhone or your uh, smartphone, they may take away your Nexus card because you are no longer considered to be of good character. That's okay. one of the bases on which they can take away your Nexus card. And if they find that you've committed a customs infraction, they can take away your Nexus card as well. But it, just focusing in on uh, searches of electronic devices, if you make it difficult for them, they might take away your Nexus card. And then even for your domestic travel, you have a problem. And if they've found non-compliance you might get stopped every single time you cross the border for six years because your Nexus card gets taken away for six years and you get a flag put on your file.
1: Right. So not only is your Nexus card taken away, but you actually have a flag. So not only is it easier to travel now, it's much harder to travel.
0: Yes. So you might lose your computer, your smartphone, your Nexus card. Six years, you don't have a Nexus card. You get flagged every time you cross the border so that there's added time every time you cross. It's a very bad scenario if you're a frequent traveler for business.
1: I'm sweating just thinking about that, actually. So particularly important for um, Nexus users to subscribe to your advice and be traveling with these work-only tablets and phones, if possible.
0: It's just risk management. Mm -hmm. Having the clean device, looking through your bag to make sure that there aren't extra usb keys and thumb drives making sure you don't have client documents you don't have references in a a paper version of a, a calendar it is just helpful in managing your risk one for your clients because we have an obligation we've got an ethical duty to our clients it's their information right but it also manages your risk for you being able to cross the border in an efficient manner on an ongoing basis
1: So a lot of the information that we've been talking about is actually contained in the CBA Border Alert Toolkit that's on our CBA website. Can you tell me a little bit about uh, that toolkit and how it can help lawyers understand this information and act appropriately?
0: Yes, the toolkit was published in April of 2019. It contains a section on what a a Canadian lawyer's obligations are. Uh, vis-a-vis solicitor-client privilege. It gives uh, helpful guidance on what to do uh, if you're traveling to the United States. And it also contains a section on what to do when you're coming back into Canada and what the Canada Border Services Agency directives are in this area. And if you read the toolkit and follow the advice, you're going to be a better, in a better position if you run into a CBSA officer that asks to search your laptop and search your, your bags and search your uh, iPhone and
1: smartphones great so it's really a must read before your next trip across the border
0: for lawyers who travel it is a great tool um, to help them through this area of the law because uh, the issues are so important protecting clients information we have an obligation to do that and the last thing you want to be is in a position where you don't have your laptop you don't have your smartphone and you have to call all of your clients to let them know that the CBSA may have access to their documents right. that, that have been given to you um, and you're maintaining for the safety of the client. You certainly don't want to have to ha- you know, be calling around to every client and letting them know um, the CBSA now has access to this information. So it is a great toolkit so that you can manage your own risk and travel more more smartly um, in this electronic age,
1: right? And I I know you're busy, and I know you're rushing off to another appointment, so I don't want to take too much time. But my last question for you is, you know, a lot of this is actually really scary to me. Just our conversation here today. I did ask you for worst case, alarmist scenarios, but if other people are listening and are, you know, frankly uncomfortable or a bit horrified by what they've just listened to. Is there any advocacy in this situation that they can get involved with?
0: At the present time, there isn't a lot of advocacy going on with the Canada Border Services Agency. The Canadian Bar Association has reached out to the CBSA, um, but they're not really taking us up on the offer. So the alternative would be for law firms to invite someone knowledgeable about solicitor client privilege, customs law, the powers of the Canada Border Services Agency and what they can do. And to work with someone to develop a standard operating procedure for the law firm Mm -hmm. on what to do with electronic devices because we've just touched the tip of the iceberg. There's a lot more that can be done to manage the risk of crossing the border with electronic devices. And a lot of the advice is, works just as well for domestic travel as well. What happens if you lose your computer? Right. You leave it at the, the pre-check, you know, the clearance point, the security checkpoint. What should you do and what does that mean? Um, so uh, it really is a time where we have to stop and recognize that we're, we've moved into the digital age. We do so much by computer and electronically how do we manage solicitor-client privilege and protect our clients' documents and our own information um, from release? And right. there's a lot that, you know, this is, a, this is a good discussion for law firms to have in addition to the cybersecurity threat discussion that law, law firms should be having as well. The two go hand in hand.
1: Right, of course. And I'm sure there's some overlapping um, things you can do to actually mitigate your risk in both cases. Mitigate and manage. Mitigate and manage. Okay, great. Well, Cindy, thank you so much for your conversation and your time here today. Thank you for having me. I've learned a lot today about maintaining privilege while traveling, and I hope you have too. Thanks again to Cindy for answering all of our questions. And if you have any others, reach out to us via Twitter at CBA underscore news, or you can reach me at my handle at Marlies SS. The CBA Border Alert Toolkit can be accessed through the CBA website under the Publications and Resources section. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to receive notifications for new episodes and leave us a review if you like what you hear. We also have a podcast in French called Je Blanchet. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be talking all about legal aid.